for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is November 9th, 2021, and today's story is all about my Ohio buck. All right, welcome back to the Fall Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Blasey, and today's episode is 187. On the other line, my good buddy Tyler Bentley back again. You guys have heard him a lot, but honestly, he's the only friend that I have that is doing nothing whenever I want to record this stuff. So he's my co-host again for today. (laughs) What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? You made me feel real special there. I try to I try to make you feel like absolute poop. I really. see that. My friend who has nothing going on with his life. <laughs> you got a lot of stuff going on, man. It's just whenever I need to get something recorded and I don't want to sit here by myself and talk and like talk through a story, it's like, what's Tyler doing? Call you up. Hey, can you do a podcast? Yep. T- give yep. me 10 minutes. All right, let's do it. <laughs> so it's like... It works out pretty good. Yeah. So Tyler's back on with me and today... You know, back on the 26th, so was that two weeks from today as this is being 26th, two weeks, 26th of October? Anyway, I think it's two weeks ago. I killed uh, my second biggest deer I've ever killed, uh, first buck in Ohio, and nobody knows the story yet. Tyler doesn't even hardly know much about this story, but I've been busy because since then i've killed another buck here in michigan that i need to record a podcast for and you know it's just a hard problem to have or a good problem to have i guess i don't don't feel bad for you i don't feel bad for you (laughs) Uh, i don't think anybody does feel bad for me but i'll tell you what i'm riding a high right now and i got one buck tag left and i'm gonna try like hell to fill it that's that's my goal 
dude, hell yeah. Four bucks, one year. I think it can be done. I hope so, man. I've never done it. I've never done three bucks in a year. I've done two bucks a couple times. Never done three bucks. Um, and the three caliber of deer I've killed is, is, I mean, it's been crazy. It's not like. It's abnormal, no. dude. You killed a couple giants this year. That's so <laughs> crazy to me. And it's what, November 8th today. So, I mean, yep. you still got a lot of season left. I mean, a lot you of gotta, season. You got to fill one more tag, but you got a lot of, a lot of season left. Yeah. <laughs> and I got some bucks that, uh, are still showing up. So I'm just going to, just going to leave that there. Not going to really talk too much about that. Uh, we'll just see if I can get after one, but today's focus is going to be on the Ohio hunt. Uh, October 26th, 2021 was the day that I killed the biggest typical buck that I've ever seen in my life in the wild. Um, I'll just get it out there. He was 170 inches as a typical 10, uh, crazy, unbelievable monster. And I mean, yes, he's a giant deer. Like I'm not going to discredit that at all, but this buck probably means the most out of any deer I've ever killed because I did it myself. Uh, you know, all the other bucks, I mean, I did all the other ones on my own as well, but it was just, I always felt like it was probably people were probably thinking like, oh, he's on these manicured farms and you know, he probably just goes in there and sits a stand that's been there and, and kills a buck. Yeah. Sometimes I've done that. Um, but this farm, I will say it is a lease that we've had for years now. Uh, I've hunted it one time back in 2017. Um, Chris has had crazy success on this farm. JB's killed some good bucks on this farm, but, uh, I did this a freelance. I went to a spot where nobody's ever hunted on this farm. Uh, and, <laughs> read the sign myself and went in there did a hang and bang and and killed him night one it's it doesn't happen like that for me ever and uh i can't believe it did dude <laughs> i awesome. didn't know you killed him on night one yeah first night holy crap all i know is i was in missouri and i was sitting at chris's house and you facetimed me and i was like oh shit you know because yeah. i know what time it is and i know what time it is we're an hour ahead and yeah. uh, you're just smiling ear to ear you don't even got to say a word i already knew what happened <laughs> I'm like, what'd you do? And you're just smiling. What'd you do? Uh, smiling. I know I didn't swear or nothing like that. No F-bombs were dropped. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that is awesome. Yeah. So, so I haven't even heard the story, dude. Like I literally, you, you told me in like 30 seconds and then I think our connection was crap. So I didn't get to mm -hmm. hear it, which is probably a good thing because I want to hear the whole story anyway. Yeah. And before we get into the story there, I do have some housekeeping things. Uh, everybody just that has ordered apparel, I do want to say that your order is being processed this week. So I will update you once I know more further. Um, but I've got, I think everybody's order in, um, and we'll do another one here. And if you guys want stuff now that you can see the garments that we have on my Instagram or Facebook, if you guys want stuff like anytime dm me and just say hey i want number seven large venmo me and i'll get it ordered so that's the best way to do it so if you guys want more stuff just let me know the hats like tyler you know they run the rise hunt stuff he's in the same boat i am like hats i cannot get flipping hats right now um it's tough the richardson hats the ones that i want and I, you can't get them so that's everybody's asking for hats and i'm like well shit i i can't get hats so it's coming though, but if you guys do want more stuff, uh, let me know and I can order stuff. So I did want to say that. And then, you know, 
Exodus Trail Cams has been a partner of the Fall Podcast for a little while now, and they've been a great partner. They have got great trail cams. Go check them out at exodusoutdoorgear.com and check. I mean, their cameras are sweet. I just actually got like a full batch of photos from my render this morning in the one acre. Whole bunch of does are in there. I feel like there's bucks like just aligning the one acre right now and like corralling these does <laughs> in the <laughs> in the middle of it, and not letting them go, but. Um, it's taking pictures like crazy. I mean, they've got a five-year warranty on their cameras. And uh, if you go over there, I believe right now, if you go over there and sign up for their newsletter, you get uh, a small little discount on a new camera. So head over there, sign up for their newsletter, and check out those cameras. So they're really cool. Um, But, yeah, that's the housekeeping stuff. So let's get into the story. Now, Tyler, what you you know and and everybody listen to the podcast – my goal this year was to, to kill a buck in Illinois and kill a buck in Ohio because those are two of the states that I've never killed bucks in, that I've hunted, okay? Um, obviously, they got the Illinois deer down, and um, great story, pretty cool. Um, and then Ohio was the next on the list. So, you know, Tyler, you know, and I think a lot of people listening, my favorite time to hunt is like that 25th through the 31st, like – it's just when the big deer, in my opinion, get up and you start seeing them in daylight. Yep. And, you know, and I like hunting in the rut too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, who doesn't like hunting the rut? But for some reason, I just still feel like they're not just running their heads off and can't get a deer to stop. But they're 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 on the prowl. They're looking. You know, they're checking scrapes. They're they're doing what big deer do, and that's why I enjoy it. Um, So my plan was to go down on the 25th of October and stay through the 6th of November and hunt Ohio. And that was going to be my Ohio hunt this year. The kicker was that, what was when was the full moon this year? On the 20th, I think, of October? Oof, I don't remember. I think it was early, yeah. It was like the 20th of October. So I knew like those days leading up to, like the close days leading up to the full moon and then the few days after the full moon probably weren't going to be the greatest. So I wanted to like, I wanted to get outside that bubble. So that's why I decided to go down on the 25th and it it, down in Ohio, it had been raining like crazy. I mean, it rained all the way when I went down there that day driving and it was supposed to rain the night of the 25th into the morning of the 26th until like 10, 11 o'clock. Okay. And then, you know, I did a podcast before I went down there with Heath Cisco, and he's from Ohio. And we were kind of, like, talking about a game plan and everything and what, what I wanted to do. And that's exactly what I did. I mean, I I had a cameraman, cameraman field producer. Sorry, Quentin, if you're listening, you're a field producer, not a cameraman. There is a difference. <laughs> <laughs> Quentin Brown was with me. Um, he came in as a freelancer to film me and couldn't i mean he's a solid guy and if you guys look him up on instagram he does some really good stuff laid this hunt down i mean he's just talented as all get out so um quentin was with me so i took the ranger down and we were just gonna there was a there was no cameras on the farm um but i wanted to go to some of the spots that i knew in the past had good scrape activity uh, and I brought some cameras down. I was just going to start putting cameras on them and start monitoring them. But, and, and you were in Missouri at this time. So were you getting rain too? I think it was a day or two ahead of you. Like we had rain a couple of days before that. So it kind of came across the Midwest. When I went to Missouri, I went out there on the 
23rd or 24th, I can't remember, but I ran into that rainstorm right in Illinois. Yep. And I drove through rain all the way to Missouri, and, and then it hit you guys the day later. So. Yep, and that's something you and I have been talking a lot about this year, and I've been talking about the podcast. Like, a lot of my success this year has been right after rains. Like, oh yeah, it's huge. even seeing even seeing good bucks, but then also my Illinois buck, I killed him right after it stopped raining that day. In Ohio, kind of the same thing. I'm I'm kind of getting to that. So, my game plan was to 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 try to find some scrapes. I didn't want to hunt any of the pre-hung stands that we've had up for years. My game plan going into it was I wanted to do some hanging bangs. I wanted to move some stands. I wanted to do it my way. I wanted to like challenge myself because to break this farm down, it's a, it's, a, I can't remember how many acres it is. It's, it's a good size farm, like 250 acres maybe, but it's really rolling hill. I mean, big hills. Like anybody listens to like Jake Bush from Ohio, when he hunts Ohio, he does like these big public land rolling hill hunts. Like this is the stuff that like he's hunting is that kind of stuff like big rolling. I wouldn't even call them hills or like mini mountains. Like they're <laughs> like, it's, it's tough to get up some of these. Well, there's a section of the farm that nobody's hunted ever. And for, I don't, for what reason, I don't know. Um, but Casey had shot a deer last year and we tracked his deer through this and just the sign was just crazy. I mean, and I kind of took some mental notes of that. So, I wanted to go around to some of the low-hanging fruit scrapes that I know have been there in the past, check them out, and it was just after the rain. I mean, it's still raining as we're on the farm, and then it kind of let up, but looking at these scrapes, you know, after the rain, you get rain and dirt and stuff like that. They kind of have like a glazed look. Like, you could tell if they were just pawed up or not. Right, um, right. That was a, like a big indication, too, also is like, okay, I know it just stopped raining. If, if I find anything that's like pawed up, I know it's pretty hot. Like it's the deer are going to be out and, and, and checking them in daylight. So I can kind of take that in. So Quentin and I were scouting a little bit. He's filming and I'm just kind of in la la land, just doing my thing and didn't really find any scrapes. I mean, I found a lot of scrapes, but nothing that was like, you need to be right here. Right. You know, wow. Yeah. Nope. They were solitary scrapes, some on field edges, some right inside the timber, nothing really like, trunk size hood or hood size scrape anything no hub scrapes no nothing like that until we got to one scrape and it was in an area because i was trying to find a spot to hunt that night we were having a northwest wind and believe it or not this farm is really hard to hunt with like a north with a west northwest wind it's tough to hunt Hmm. um so i'm trying to find a place to hunt i found this scrape and it was like the most active scrape I uh, put a camera on it, and I'm, like, trying to figure out if, if we should hunt it, if we can hunt it. And it was just going to be, like, it was just going to be too iffy. I felt like the wind would be probably screwing us for how the deer were going to be moving through there. And I wanted to find more concentrated deer sign. Like, when I mean concentrated, it could be a creek crossing that's just destroyed. Or a couple scrapes in, you know, a small area. Or some rubs in a small area. Rubs... I, I like rubs, but I don't put a lot of merit into rubs right now just because, uh, you know, I, I, it, I don't know. kind of rub just, anywhere. You can exactly. see them on the sides of the road sometimes. So Exactly. You know, rubs are everywhere right now. Scrapes are too, but you can kind of, in my opinion, you can, you can get, I, I feel like scrapes are just, they're more 
social. You know, every deer usually hits them. Like does will come by and bucks will come by and I mean, and they'll check them. You're like, but to me, bucks don't really come and just check a rub or you right. know the same rub. So right. rubs, it's just like lets me know that the caliber of deer here, yada yada, so on and so forth. So when I found this one scrape, I'm like, man, I just felt like we needed to to get a little deeper. I've yet to go check out the area that we tracked Casey's deer through and Quentin and I were kind of talking and we kind of X-nade this spot and we're like, I said, okay, I want to go deep. Let's go deep where this, you know, we tracked this buck last year. I said, there's a bench in there that last year it was kind of tore up a little bit. I, I want to see what it looks like. He's like, all right, you know, so we start hiking back and it's a, it's a ways. I don't know how far, but you know, up and down hills and, you know, is there, there's like an old logging trail that we took through there. So we, as we're, as we're working through this timber, I mean, there's ridges all over and trying to discern, like my head's going everywhere. Like, okay, how the thermals are working, how, how the deer are moving or how they're using these ridges and it's big wood stuff. And we come to this bench and I'm like, holy crap, there's a scrape right there. Like a big open scrape, like just pawed like recently oh yeah they love those flat spots in the hills it seems like yeah and to kind of break this spot down if you like put a y up you know and like an uppercase y and where the two top y fingers or whatever meet the bottom is where the flat part is And the spine, which would be like the leg of the Y, it like gradually goes down a hill to a big bottom. Okay. And on each side of that spine that goes down to the bottom, there's hills that come up and it it all like just makes a flat spot right here. And it's literally 30 30 yards by 30 yards. And if you can picture the Y in between the two arms, the top arms, there's a huge rock face that the deer can't go that way. So it makes them go one or one of two ways. Well, and on one side of the leg part of the Y is a complete drop off. Like deer won't go up or down it. So they had to come up by me. Well, I, as we got like investigating a little bit, there's eight open scrapes in 30 yards right here. And there had to been 10 or 11 rubs right there as well. And go. I'm like, it's That's a what you're road for. Yes. It was literally like a roadmap. Like, dude, you need to be right here. So yeah. then my, my brain switches to, okay, I think these deer are in the bottom bedded right now. There is, if you take the, the Y part, like the two arms, the top part, if you go up that way, that is like destination food on the neighbors. There's beans up there. So I'm like, okay, maybe this is like a staging area where the bucks are going to come up. They're going to check these scrapes and not to mention there's like tons of white oak trees dropping acorns right here on this flat part. And I'm like, got a trifecta right here. So I felt like the deer were going to be coming up, checking these scrapes, staging a little bit, just kind of picking does off before they get up to the destination food. The kicker was trying to figure out where to put a stand because I wanted to be where that drop off was on the one side because I know deer couldn't get around me. So everything would have to be in front of me. The only thing is with a northwest wind, I would be blowing right at that, right at the flat part where I want to kill the deer. Hmm. So it made me go to a secondary spot 
which would be on the other side. And as the wind would hit me in the face, it would come across the flat spot. You know, the, the I'm going to call it like a little bench. It'd come across the bench, hit me in the face, and then it would suck down to the bottom where the deer would be coming from. So I'm like, okay, wind is going to be tricky. But I'm like, it's the best thing I got right now. I'm going to throw a set at it. So we didn't have the stands with us. I picked a tree up right there. We did some filming, and we're, I was like, let's get the heck out of here. Go get a quick bite to eat. This is like noon. Get our stands. Come in. We're going to hang and bang and hunt it that night. And I, I'm I'm fully planning on riding the hole in this spot for the you know the entirety that I'm here. This was going to be kind of – because I didn't go even all the way into where – like there's more property that was tore up last year that I wanted to check out. This was kind of fringe, fringe spot, hmm. but I, I'm deep. Don't get me wrong. I'm deep. You know, the closest field to me was a couple hundred yards away. Like we're deep in there. So we go get a bite to eat real quick, shower up, get everything ready. Gong show of a day because it's like the first sit in you're unpacking, you're trying to find your shit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's got a stand, I got a stand, and we go in and we ha- we hang it. Uh, I get everything hung, Quentin gets his stuff up, and we're set by like 4 o'clock. I wanted to be sitting by 3 o'clock, but That's pretty like late. I said, I, yeah, it was a little late. I not going to lie, it was a gong show, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and Quentin's kind of getting some stuff out of his bags and getting the second camera angle ready, and, and um, the wind's blowing pretty good. It's like a 12-mile-an-hour wind. I can, it's just cold enough to where I can see my breath, Uh, but it's sunny, you know? So, um, the winds hit me in the face, but it's doing some swirling. Like I'm throwing milkweed. It's going left. I'm throwing milkweed right after it's going right. It's going down. It's going up. It's swirling. And I'm like, shit. Like if we could get just like a true wind for a good amount of time, we'd be good. Um, that's those hills in Ohio, man. You you can't even get a good wind in them really. No. And it's so hard. Every spot to me is different. Like every scenario you go into, you like, you know, you could find like some sort of bench like this again, and the wind could be totally different. Right. You know, like it could act different. So, you know, behind me, which would be in front of Quentin because he was hunting, he was not hunting, but he was sitting behind me. Our wind was blowing that way. Well, that was where there was like, it, it's a gradual slope down to the bottom, and then there's a creek about 150 yards away and then it goes straight up to a ridge like it's a ridge system and i told quentin like when we get in the tree like i like to go through scenarios like okay if a deer comes here i'm gonna shoot him here if he comes here i'm gonna shoot him here if he comes here i'll have to shoot him this way um and then i was like that ridge system i said there's gonna be a buck cruising that ridge system tonight i just i felt it so we're going through the scenarios and all of a sudden he goes, buck right here. And I'm like, I freeze. I'm like, where? He goes, right underneath of us. And I'm like, shit, can I move? And he goes, yeah, you can move. So I look down. There's like a 100-inch eight-pointer. Um, comes right up to the, right underneath of us, right into the bench, sits there, kind of uh, messes with one of the scrapes. And I'm like, okay, this is going to work. Like, he just came up from the bottom where my where my scent is going. And he's a younger deer, but. This could work, you know. Right. I'm I'm good with so that. So now he's upwind of you. Yeah, he's. I could have killed him already, you know. Nice. So my plan was to kill anything that was coming into this bench. Um, across the bench, I was. I think it was about a 40 yard shot that I could get. 
And, uh, yeah, I just felt like we were going to get some cruisers. Um, so he kind of, he was acting up a little bit cause our wind, like I said, it was just like, just swirling. I think he caught us a little bit, caught the wind and he just did like, ah, something's not right. Kind of feel. He didn't run off. He just kind of, kind of got out of there. Right. I'm like, all right. And, uh, Quentin, we do a talk in the camera and sitting there and probably about an hour goes by. I look behind me in that ridge system and I see a, a, a deer's tail flag. And there's like this little doe just running around and just like doing laps. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, just kind of acting weird. Um, so she she didn't stick around very long. And again, just sitting there and Quentin goes, he, he goes, dude, you're going to kill tonight. He's like, <laughs> I, it just, I've got that feeling right now. He was you're feeling gonna kill. it. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I'd like to say that I have the same feeling, but I, you know, I'm always optimistic it's like i'll never be the guy that calls my shot <laughs> unless i'm <laughs> unless i'm kidding you know um and just joking around but it just did feel right it was a beautiful fall evening and about 10 to 6 i look back on that ridge system again we hadn't seen anything and I, it just got to the point where you know there's plenty of daylight left but it was getting to like that prime time and i see a body of a deer and I'm like, man, that deer looks big, like body-wise. I pick my binos up, and I he had his head down, eating, and I see a G2, and I'm like, shooter. I immediately said shooter. See one and, time, shooter. <laughs> yep. Like, I could just tell with his mass. Like, I didn't even know if he had both sides, and I'm just like, from his mass and his beam, like, what I saw, I was like, shooter. He picks his head up, and I go, holy fuck, Quentin, that's a giant. Like, I just F-bombed giant like <laughs> wow but what he's doing is he's paralleling us so he's like going up to the that bean field not coming at us because the ridge system is kind of going like parallels us right and he's you. just over that creek like over 150 yards away and i'm like quentin he's right there and he's trying to find him in the camera and everything and my bleak call my bleak hand was in my bag and i've said it before on here like i you know at this time they're cruising for does. I'm not just going to hit them with a grunt. Like, bleat, they're not going to get scared of. If anything, they might get curious. Or if they're not in that mood, then they won't, they won't, you won't booger them. So I'm like, right. I said, Quentin, I'm going to get my bag real quick and get my bleat call. My bag was on the other side of the tree. So I reach over and I'm like rifling through my bag and he goes, he's coming. He's coming right now. Get ready. And I look up, and he jumps a creek, and he's coming on a string. And I'm you like, didn't, didn't even hit the bleak call. He's just no, coming. No, oh, no, way. I, no. I I had the bleak call in my hand, and I put it on my seat of my stand, and I grab my bow, and I'm like, holy shit, he's coming. And Quentin gets the other. He's getting the other camera, on and I said, forget about that. We'll do it later. Like he's trying <laughs> to get. The, but luckily, he didn't listen to me, and he got everything live, two angles, dude. It was badass. Nice. And um, so he's coming. And what he's going to do is he's going to try to get by me and check these scrapes. Like, it's exactly what his mission was to do. He comes to, like, 40 yards, and he's methodical. Like, he is just doing what big deer do. And he stops, and he's looking up the ridge, and he's trying to, like, he's licking his nose a little bit, and he's just, you know, being really calculated. And I'm thinking to myself, just please, wind, just hold true for, like, 30 more seconds. Don't, Just don't swirl. Do not swirl at all. Please don't. So 
he as he's sitting there, I go to full draw because he's either going to come right at me or go right or left. And he's already within range, but he's got to clear a couple trees. Like he's behind some trees right now for me. If he takes 10 more steps, he's in the clear. I'm in the wide open. Like he could pick me anything. I want to be full draw when he clears these trees. No, I'm going to throw a disclaimer at there. This I am shooting a heavy arrow this year. I'm shooting 125 grain single bevel helix broadhead. Um, I am shooting over a 500 grain arrow. My setup is is dialed. Like, I just want to preempt that right now for what's going to happen here in a couple minutes. So, I'm at full draw. I was at full draw for 42 seconds. And finally, he starts to move. And he commits. He's coming right at me. He's going to come right underneath the tree. Like, he won't move right or left. He gets to 11 yards. I hit oh my, my gar- I hit my Garmin, and it gives me an 11-yard pin. And he's looking underneath the tree. Okay, so... I've got no shot. And he kind of looks up, and I think he sees the sticks on the tree. And then he does the whoop right at me, looks right at me, and opens everything up. You're still full draw this whole time. Full draw. Yep, pin buried. And I said, Quentin, you good? He goes, yep. And I put it right on his chest, and I touched it off. <laughs> and the arrow buried all the way through him. So you shot and him in the front, in the chest. In the chest. Yep. Fully confident doing it. I knew I was going to, like I told myself when I got in the stand, I was telling myself if a deer comes from here or here, I'm going to have to shoot him in the chest probably. I've seen Casey do this a couple times. I've seen a lot of guys do it. And with the setup that I had, I had full confidence in doing it. He wheels out of there like a bat out of hell, runs to 50 yards and stops. And he's looking around. I grab another arrow and I'm going to try to put another arrow in him if I need it. And he's just standing there. And I'm like, what is he doing? And because I can't really see him, he's behind a tree. I pick my binos up and he just starts like vomiting blood everywhere. I mean, oh my gosh, like in a bad way. Like he was, he was hurt. And before you knew it, I mean, it was within 10 seconds. His legs get wide, tail wags, he falls, dies right there at 50 Tips yards. over. You've seen him go down? Yep, oh at my 50 gosh. yards. Right on camera, dude. Holy crap. Yeah, first it was night. First night. I was only in the stand two hours. Hang and bang, everything. Like the deer read the script on, on exactly what I wanted them to do, and it was unbelievable. So let's rewind a little bit. When I was at full draw and he looked up at me, so I was in, we were in the wide open, so we were like two turds in a punch bowl up there. <laughs> But also, I felt the wind switch and hit me in the back of the neck. I don't know if he caught me, like caught the wind, a little whiff or something. But, you know, I mean, when big deer look up you at like that, it's it's a split second. And it's like, they're gone. They're They're wheeling. They're gone. And they jump. Yep. Yep. It's it's immediately. So the chest shot to me, it wasn't like a, well, fuck it. It wasn't that at all. I knew when he was coming in, that I was fully going to shoot this deer in the chest if he was not going to turn. So he dies right there. I'm a little schoolgirl in the tree. I start (laughs) crying a little bit. Like, I I just couldn't believe what happened. And I I don't know, looking back at it now, I'm just like, geez, I just still couldn't believe what just happened. I mean, we've only been here for two hours. That's insane. And that, that does not happen. No. Like like you said, how many years you've been hunting Ohio? I've so I've hunted 
physically like got an opportunity to hunt Ohio has been three years. This would be my, let me think one, two, three. This would be my fourth year. Sorry. This is my fourth year. Yep. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. So, so four years of hunting Ohio, and this happened on first night, first sit. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty crazy, dude. That doesn't happen. Crazy on an absolute <clears throat> giant, and that's what like Quentin and I are sitting there, and I'm freaking out in the tree, like, uh, I don't know, dude. I that just, is unreal. I, honestly, I'm just being honest. Me personally, I don't even know where to aim in the chest. So, I never. I have no idea. So I we were like 20 foot up. He was below us a little bit because he was coming up a hill at us. So he was probably at twenty. He was probably twenty-five feet below us. Um, where I picked was basically. It's kind of hard to explain, but like, if you take the white patch down a couple inches, like, okay, I was aiming right there. I hit him about an inch higher than what I wanted to, but it did not matter because, kind of going forward, when I gutted him out later that evening. When I gutted him out, his main vein, main valve that went that connected the top of his heart was completely cut in half. Oh, no way. I got that like just the top of the heart, the vein or the like that main deal. I got lungs, I got liver, I got everything. Hit everything. everything. It destroyed him. And Jeez. he died in, in ten seconds. Like it was that's crazy. crazy. I mean you've seen him go down, so that's that <laughs> tells you yes. right there. Typically yep. you don't see that bow hunting. Yeah, and you know, I shot that deer in Illinois at 54 yards through the heart, like full pass through. The broadhead showed me what it could do at distance and penetration, and I'm like, you know what? I've got full confidence in my setup right now. Like, I'm feeling good. Um, And then when I get into the Michigan story, I'm going to do another podcast on the Michigan story, but that'll reiterate also what these broadheads can do. It's unreal what these broadheads can do. But, um, that's, that's that fixed blade, the new one you're shooting. Yep, Helix. And and America's Best Bowstrings, Jerry Mullet, he's the owner, Bryant Lyon, he's the marketing director. We've been working with ABB for a while now. I love their strings, best custom bowstring out there, bar none. And they purchased Helix Broadheads, these Helix Broadheads, and they've been around for a while. Honestly, I've never heard of them before. And then uh, Bryant and Jerry came to us and was like, hey, want you guys to try these broadheads out i've been wanting to get into a fixed blade single bevel i'm like sure why not so 125 grain head and oh my gosh it does so right at this moment when i shot this deer i've got two deer down with this broadhead 
and neither one of them have went more than 50 yards and piled up on camera. Jeez, that's wild. Yeah, so, I mean, I got all the goodies. It was awesome. <laughs> and, you know, in the tree, you have that moment like, okay, what is he? Like, I just started thinking he's for sure in the 160s, you know, because he's just a big typical 10. And I'm like, how – like – to me, there's no way a typical 10 can get to 170, <laughs> you know, and, but Quentin's like, dude, you're mid 170s, you know, and I'm like, there's no way, you know, because you have that, I always say scores, really, it's not, I don't care. I was going to shoot the first 130 inch, you know, mature deer that came by. Right. right. I really was, but it just so happened a freaking giant comes by me and then he's so framey and so big honestly when he's walking in and you when you guys watch the footage he looks fake he looks like a fake deer because how how tall and how framey his antlers are it's it's unreal that's awesome dude he's funny when you when you see him on the hoof you you look at him you're like okay don't look at the horns no more (laughs) yeah exactly and you know in the great hambino from from iowa i mean scored way better than he did and he's an impressive deer don't get me wrong this deer as is as impressive if not more impressive than that deer because he's so big as so such a typical deer and um it's just gnarly i mean so then you know we sit there and i make some phone calls and i'm like let's you know we were like let's do a recovery before it gets dark so we get down and walk up to him and my Lanta, <laughs> just giant dude and i still didn't know what to think the body size i i mean huge body he ended up going 260 pounds on the hoof Holy and God. yeah it took three of us to drag him out and and load him in a in the ranger it, it just was not he's <laughs> just a big deer and uh yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm still like looking back at it like how the hell did that happen? Why did it happen to me? Somebody's looking down on me like why why now? You know. Dude, that's crazy, man. <clears throat> the whole the whole series of events is crazy. Like, you know, getting there and finding hot sign and hanging a stand on it and you got the Aaron Boise algorithm going in your head. Here's a pinch point, here's some scrapes, here's the all right stand needs to go on this side. And to hang your stand and shoot a monster in the first yeah. few hours like what the hell man yeah dude and honestly i think i i must have found 15 to 20 scrapes before i found that but like i said all of them were solitary like just scrapes like as i'm trying to dissect dissect them none of them really gave me the feeling like that's where i need to be and my whole goal was like i said before i wanted to find a lot of sign in a little area and like right. i said it could have been a big creek crossing that was had big tracks in it and had a lot of tracks like okay let's set up on this creek crossing like they're moving through here um and i just so happened to find you know eight open scrapes and a 30 yard by 30 yard little bench and he he read the script man i mean that little buck did the same thing that they they do that that's they were going up to that little bench he was gonna check those scrapes and uh he just happened to catch me first <laughs> dang so dude, that's nuts holy cow yeah. so do, do you think that was the ticket to to killing that deer is just getting in hot sign like do you think that was like what played the biggest part of that so, success i think so and normally me 
I would have probably sat like a field edge that night. Like, cause I was, it's getting to the point where you want to start hunting the does at that point. Right. Um, because obviously I had no preconceived like Intel, uh, but you know, we've got standing corn on the, on the property. So it's like, okay, maybe sit on the edge on a scrape and just kind of monitor. Cause I'm going to be there for 11 days. You know, it's like, let's, you know, if I wouldn't have walked back there and found this, then I wouldn't obviously never sat there, obviously. But right. I probably would have threw, just for the evening, I would have threw a set at like another scrape or something on the field edge, just monitoring, and then move in from what I see. But right. like, honestly, I think that deer was bedded within a couple hundred yards of us when we got in the stand, in the bottom. And um, he was, he was, what helped me with the wind is that he was crosswinding, but he, I know people say it, it was just, just off wind. The way it was sucking down into the bottom where he came from, I think he was too high on the hillside to, to get my wind, if that makes sense, the other hillside. Yeah, that does So when he, when he decided to turn and come to me, he didn't hit my wind until he got to 11 yards. Like, he hit my wind right then. If he would have probably come, if he would have stayed in the bottom and came right up the gut, like right from behind me, then he would have got me the whole way. But I think what helped us was it was thicker in hell right there, and I don't think deer could move through there. It was kind of a hard edge, so I think it kind of like kept him out a little ways. I don't know. That's just me breaking it down, looking back on the scenario and why he did what he did. Um but it was just off wind. I mean, when like I said, when he got to eleven yards, he was he was in my wind. But I luckily I was full draw and ready to go. Right. Holy crap, dude! That's insane. Yeah. That's literally insane. <laughs> You're on fire this year. <laughs> yeah. He scored one seventy and four eights. Uh, oh my god. Gro- gross. Gross scored. So. Dude, where are those at? Uh. I don't know, way back in nowhere, middle of nowhere, that's kind of where I was. I mean, I was, like I said, I was a ways from any any civilization, <laughs> you know, in the hills. Holy so, cow. That's awesome, crazy. dude. I'm happy for you. That's seriously so cool. You're having a hell of a season right now. I am, man. And at this point right now, like I said, we're recording this on November 8th. This will drop tomorrow, November 9th. And uh, I've got one buck tag for Michigan left, and there's more. I, I want to, uh, me being greedy, I, I do want to kill a fourth buck. But Dude, I, that's I, that's I, not greedy. That's <laughs> badass. That's what that's what you try to do. You know, is is have a yeah. season like that. And like I was saying earlier, like we have so much season left. You know, if there was ever a year to do it, it's it's only the eighth. You got time left to, oh. to poke poke another one. I know, man. And when I called my wife from the stand that night, she's like you're calling me. What did you do? Cause it was daylight. And I'm like, babe, I just killed a giant, like an absolute. And then she freaked out too, because she just, just as like happy, you know, she knows I love to do this. And like, she's right there along with me. And she's always the first one I call. And she's like, how big? And I'm like, I don't know. He could be 170, 180. I don't know, somewhere right in there. And she just couldn't believe it. And she's like, you're tagged out on October 26th. So she's like, you're going to be home for Halloween, right? And I said, yep. And it's the first time, this Halloween is the first Halloween I've been home for in 10 years. Dude, that's crazy. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then I come to Michigan on November 3rd. We won't get into that just yet, but November yeah. 3rd, the, I killed the story my don't number stop one buck yet. there. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're an animal. No, I'm not. This, like you said, this is an anomaly. I don't know what is going on. Dude, I don't think so. I don't think it's luck. I think luck is being prepared, you know, being able to re- do exactly what you did, being able to read sign, saying, hey, I think the deer is going to move right here. There's scrapes. All right, which way is the wind going? It's all these factors and just being able to to read it. You've been doing it. You said you haven't been home in Halloween in 10 years. So that's 10 years that you've been with, you know, Casey and, and doing this, adapting yep. on the fly and learning. There's People can say you're lucky. It's not luck, dude. Like I'm telling you right now, it's not luck. I know how much you know about deer and you went in there and you just killed that deer. Like that's, that wasn't luck. That's freaking awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Like there is luck involved into it. No way. You gotta gotta be, no, there is. You gotta be at the right place at the right time. It comes down to that. But yes, I do understand. I do agree. Like being able to read sign the right way. And I'm not saying I do it the right way every time. Cause it's taken me a long time to get to a point where, you know, you read like those 20 scrapes I found before the old me would have been like, yep, there's a, this is blown up. Like, let's get a stand right. in here. It comes but it from just, experience. Yeah, it does. It really does. And, um, you know, I know, I know a couple guys that are not as experienced and, and would have done what I just said, like, this sign's great right here. Let's sit right here and probably wouldn't have saw what they want to see. And, you know, and then you get discouraged. I've done that a ton of times. I've failed more than I've succeeded, but something just told me like, you got to keep going. You got to keep pushing. And, uh, yeah, you know, see, see, I think, I think another part of that too, is you knew that sign was so hot and that was such a good spot. Like you said, you were willing to sit there. If that didn't happen that first day, you'd have been sitting there more. Yes. You were so confident in that spot. Like, Hey, it's probably not going to happen at night, but this is enough sign. This is a good enough setup to invest more than one sit into. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you knew going into it that, you know, I'm going to sit here a long time and it just happened to happen on that first day, which is. (laughs) And my plan was too, is like, as the wind was going to shift throughout the week, I was just going to shift around this bench. Like I was just going to, you know, it would, it would happen right there. Like I always say, you go to a certain area like out of state, it might be the most boring, monotonous sit, but if you sit in a spot long enough, you will kill a deer. I don't yeah. know how big that deer will be, but you will kill a deer. So that was kind of playing a factor too. Like, obviously, I don't know what, ca- I know the caliber of deer that are around there, but I'm like, you know, like I said, I was looking for a mature 130 to 140, 100 inch deer, you know. And you pull out a mega. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blind, blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while oh my gosh he doesn't find three in a year let's be real <laughs> yeah no it worked out great and honestly doing it all on my own there quentin was with me obviously he was he did he had a big part of it too you know i like having guys that to bounce stuff off of and he was a good sounding board there put his little input in as well so that helped but like just to be able to go in there my first official like hang and bang kill right like go in there hang it kill like right after a first official one so like that was cool too um you know and the caliber like having that's 170 insane. inch deer typical like it's just nuts, nuts. that's super cool dude that yeah. is that's unreal yep so to kind of preempt you know this michigan episode that i'm gonna do it might just be me talking or tyler might get on with me or something like that but um 
I will preempt it. That this, this buck is my number one buck in Michigan, has been for the last two years, um, and it's a pretty wild story. I, I, even more wild than this story. <laughs> I, I got to hear that story firsthand, so I'm I'm excited to be a part of that one. That was pretty nuts. Yeah, and uh, it was like I had a lot of help from other people on that. Um, but uh, yeah, you were. I don't even want to get into. You might no, actually have I mean, to be on the call because you were talking to me on the phone when I saw him. And yeah, well, I'll just leave it there. Yep. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that that'll be good. But no, that's that's the Ohio hunt. Like, um, I don't even know what else to say. It it's crazy. I'm I'm living an out of body body experience right now. I I, I don't <laughs> think I'll ever do this again. Honestly, I mean the chance is always there, but like. It's just, uh, it's, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know why it's happening to me. I like, I made a post on Instagram the other day and I said, I don't know what I've done to deserve this, but hopefully it's not just a big buildup for a hard fall. Uh, <laughs> that's literally like, you know, the big man upstairs knows that something's going to, bad's going to come. So he's like, let's just let him live in this. I hope it's not that. That's that's not the case at all, man. You're oh. you're passionate about whitetail hunting, and you spread you do it for the right reasons, and you spread a positive word about hunting. And I think things come back. What you put out into the universe comes back. It's it's not happening by coincidence. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And so yeah, um, yeah, that's the Ohio story. So thank you everybody for listening and downloading. Hopefully everybody likes this story. It's just the crazy success story i guess and like i said i'm going to try to push out the michigan episode here in the next couple days um and get that out to you but we've got some good podcasts coming as well with some good guests and tyler actually smacked his biggest deer in missouri so we (laughs) he'll be on another (laughs) one talking about that too so that was a cool story you ain't getting uh, rid of me nope nope so you guys better just buckle up and sit down and and uh hopefully you guys still enjoy the content and uh like everything that we're talking about so like i said thank you guys for everything and if you do want apparel orders i mean feel free to go on there check them out what you want uh let me know dm me venmo me if you guys have any questions on them let me know so with that being said i think we're going to cut off here and uh don't forget we'll be right here next time on the fall podcast I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.